Hello and welcome to the Strike a Balance podcast for working homeschool moms. This is Charlotte Jones. I'm a homeschool coach and homeschooling mom of twin boys. I know it can feel really overwhelming to keep all the balls in the air all the time. So each week I chat about tips and strategies for being a happy and thriving working homeschool mom that you can implement in your life too. I also speak to awesome and inspiring women who manage to juggle homeschooling and work successfully and find out what their secrets are. Be sure to check out my Working Homeschool Mom Time Audit and Mindset Challenge in the show notes and sign up to my newsletter for lots of cool homeschool freebies. And if you ever need to chat, please book in a session with me. I'm so excited for you to be here and I hope you'll get so much value out of this episode. So let's get started. I'm so excited that one of my favorite podcasting tools, Zencaster, is sponsoring this episode. Podcasting is a fantastic way to get yourself and your story out there, but it can be super overwhelming to get started. Zencaster's all-in-one web-based solution makes podcasting super simple, and if you know me, you know I'm obsessed with simplicity. Zencaster provides crystal clear sound and gorgeous HD video while being really easy to use. I love the fact that my guests just have to click a link and we're ready to record. Zencaster is all about making your podcasting experience easy and with everything from local recording to automatic post-production tools, you don't have to leave your browser to get the episode done. And with their cloud backup, you'll never lose an episode. If you want to share your story, then I highly recommend using Zencaster because it's awesome. If you go to zen.ai forward slash strike a balance and enter promo code strike a balance, you'll get 30% off your first three months. That's zen.ai forward slash s-t-r-i-k-e-a-b-a-l-a-n-c-e. I'm so excited to listen to your new podcast and to hear your story. Today, I'm super excited to be talking to Kelly George, who is this homeschool mom of five, owner of Fearless Homeschool and founder of the yearly Australian Homeschooling Summit. Welcome to the podcast, Kelly. Thank you very much for having me, Charlotte. So before we get down to the nitty gritty, I'd love to know something. If you were to publish your autobiography today, what would be the title and why? This, this was a great question. I had a good think about it and I ended up settling on don't ask permission, ask forgiveness because it's one of our family mottos and to us it means that if we want to do something and it seems like the right thing to do, um, it's better not to go asking people's permission or seeking approval to do it because when you bring up ideas people are uncomfortable with, most of the time they automatically say no or they tell you all the reasons why they think it's a bad idea. So homeschooling is definitely one of those things, and I'm sure all of your listeners have been confronted with it at least a couple of times. Uh, Long-term family travel is another for us. Um, Having a non-traditional work and housework and earning set up between myself and my husband is yet another. And if we had needed other people's approval before we did any of these things, our life would not have been as good overall. So we just don't ask, and yeah, on the rare occasions that we need to, we might ask for forgiveness. Absolutely. I think that's a fantastic title. Um, And could you maybe tell us a little bit more about yourself? Okay, so I'm Australian, which you probably already guessed. I have five children who have always been homeschooled. My eldest three girls have finished. So the eldest is 18 and at uni studying nursing. My next two are 17-year-old twins. They're working in aged care and currently considering becoming police officers when they're old enough. So I'm just left with homeschooling my two boys now. They're 16 and 13, so it finally seems like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. 
I'm married to Daniel, so he used to be a tradie and is now a nurse, and I'm also a nurse, but my real love is my online work that I do with Fearless Homeschool and Die DIY. So I have a lot of hobbies. We go running and hiking. Um, I tie-dye, sew, crochet, garden. You know, I like to make all sorts of stuff, and I read a lot because I love books. So lifestyle-wise for us, we tend to switch between long-term travel and farm life, which are pretty opposite things, but we mostly manage. Um, and we're currently doing farm life, but we're hoping to get back to the travel soon. Okay, fantastic. And I love following along with your uh, through your newsletter with your what you're doing on your farm. It's really, really interesting and inspiring, I have to say. That's it. Every, everyone loves our Jersey cows. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Lovely. That's so gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> Those big eyes. That's it. Um, uh, and how long have you been? Okay, so you said obviously you've always homeschooled your kids, but what? Um, how long have you been a working homeschool mum specifically then? Uh, so that was pretty much the whole time. Depends on how you define work, really. So I like side projects. Um, my husband and I decided when our kids were quite young that we both wanted to spend as much time as possible at home with them. So we've both been part-time or underemployed basically forever. So when the kids were babies, we renovated a few houses. Uh, then I had a business making cloth nappies and tie-dyeing for quite a few years. When I was 31, I started a nursing degree because I was essentially unemployable and I kind of freaked out about that a bit. But doing the degree and the placement reminded me that I don't want to be stuck in full-time shift work ever. So when I had a year off study, I started Fearless Homeschool and started transitioning to online work, um, which is also so we can travel because that's pretty much our favourite thing to do. So at the moment, my husband is nursing part-time. I've just finished six months of part-time nursing and I'm now back to focusing on my online work again. So we just put lots of bits and pieces together and it seems to work. Sounds super interesting and yeah, like lots of fun, definitely. Kind of doing it on your own terms. That's it. That's mm. it. And so what would you say your schedule kind of looks like roughly? I know you're quite flexible, but in terms of a typical day and how you homeschool throughout the year as well. So first up, I am absolutely terrible at schedules. I would love to be good at them and we have tried before, but they always seem to fall apart even on the first day. So we have minimal work requirements and each of the kids has a weekly list and they just tick off their work as they do it. So basically whenever it fits in with whatever else we're doing, we don't have a set time, you know, nine o'clock we all have to sit down and start. It all depends on what we're doing that day. We do tend to do four weeks on and one week off with their core work and most of the time is spent on interests and hobbies and things like that. So day-wise, I usually get up early and I do some work before the kids get up just because it means that then I actually do get some work done. And we have rather loose morning and evening routines, but basically anything goes. And because we like spontaneous travel, we really know what we're doing even six months in advance. So we don't do longer-term planning. We have tried a few times, but, yeah, we, we get three months into it and have to throw out the plan because we've already deviated from it so much. Absolutely. And I think it's a lot of that also comes with experience where you feel less like you have to do eight hours of homeschooling a day, which I think I definitely felt I had to do when when we started out. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I mean, and I've gone through periods of that where I think, oh, we should be doing more. But then, yeah, I, I usually relax after a while again. <laughs> and how would you say you stay organized in terms of fitting everything into a day? Uh, so as I said earlier, I, I get up early. I try to get the essentials done first. So I have a paper planner and I basically have a weekly layout and a weekly checklist. Um, and I work through that just the same as the kids do with their weekly lists. So 
that's pretty much about it for me. It's more about knowing my priorities and then actually doing them. Every now and again, I think I'd love to be someone who meal plans or done does any of that sort of stuff, but it just nothing seems to work for us like that. You know, we've tried all these systems and whatnot, but we're just the sort of people who like to get up and decide what to do for the day rather than know three weeks ahead of time what we're going to be doing, what we're going to be eating and where we're going to be going, if that makes sense. Sure, absolutely. It's the beauty of homeschooling though, isn't it? The flexibility. Yeah. Love about it. That's it, the the ability to do that. I mean, if we know what we're doing four weeks ahead of time, then by the time it comes around, we don't want to do it because we already <laughs> feel bored by it. So it <laughs> makes it difficult to plan. And uh, what would you say is your absolute favourite homeschooling resource and why? We love our library because I think books are probably the best educational resource out there. So we borrow lots and lots of books. Um, We use books to let us try on lots of different ideas, to let us see into other people's lives and just to dabble and have a bit of a look at um, things that we're interested in. Many libraries here have events and workshops, so we've been to lots of them over the years. Um, A few weeks ago, Rex and I did a bookmaking workshop. And a very, very close second would be other people. So other people in the community, uh, especially older people who tend to be really keen to share their skills with young people. And I can see also kind of um, platforms like OutSchool have become very, very popular now. I know a lot of homeschoolers use those kind of platforms as well to kind of outsource some of their, some of the, the learning as well. Yeah, my kids aren't interested in a lot of that stuff. You know, mm. I'll, I'll say oh, you love writing. Do you want to do this four-week online writing course? And just, nope, not interested. <laughs> so <laughs> so it's either, you know, people or nothing for us, people, books, or nothing else. Oh, that sounds amazing, though, because obviously it's also <laughs> the socialization issue, though, that a lot of people talk about. So, And the socialization can happen in so many ways with maybe people that you wouldn't socialize with so normally if you were at school, I guess, where you wouldn't have the time to maybe spend time with older people. Yeah, well, my kids love elderly people. They've mm. they've always hung out with a lot of elderly people. Um, but I remember when I was at school, you know, old people, they were boring. You wouldn't want to mm. hang out with them. Um, so it has been good to, you know, to not have that. We've got a 78, 78-year-old neighbour and, you know, they're over there or on the phone to her most days really and it's great. You know, she's got a lot of knowledge but she's not as physically able and she shares her her knowledge and her skills with my kids and they help her out around her house and do the things she can't do and it works beautifully for everyone. And so I think a lot of us, I would say maybe 99.9% of homeschoolers have had really tough periods. So if you have had as well, how have you kind of gotten through times where you've wanted to quit homeschooling? <laughs> yeah, we've had a few of those. So I... I don't tend to want to send the kids to school. I want to get on the next plane and just run away from everything, you know, leave my life, leave the drudgery and the repetitive ofness, you know, not have to worry about being responsible for everyone. That's my thing. So I am actually a massive introvert. And when I do personality quizzes, they always say that my worst job would be a stay-at-home parent. Um, Usually a nurse is second, so I haven't done very well there. So I'm not really suited to this life. So I think that if I can do this, then pretty much anyone can. So we did that make the commitment when our kids were quite young that we would homeschool. Um, we didn't want them to go back and forth or for us to always be dithering. So school has always been the last option for us. So when problems come up, our first thoughts are not, oh, no, you know, we've failed. They're going to have to go to school now. Let's quit homeschooling. 
it's more along the lines of, okay, we've got this problem. Uh, what's the actual problem? How do we fix this at home? What can we do? And that's basically it. It's just taking everything on a case-by-case basis and saying, all right, things aren't working so well at the moment. What can we actually do to fix this situation? And sometimes that's been fairly easy. Sometimes it's been difficult, but I think we've managed to solve most things. Sure. And also it gets easier, definitely with time, I think, um, as you become more experienced. Yeah. I was just going to say, especially with things like um, teen apathy, you know, all my kids have hidden age as teenagers when they just don't want to do anything. And it's really, really common and everyone has it. And when your first child hits it, it's easy to say, oh, I've failed. You know, they're just laying in bed reading books for six hours a day. But everyone gets through it in the end. They seem to. So, you know, you don't you don't take it as seriously the next time. And what about if you're having a really tough homeschool day? What are some of the things you do to get through a day like that? Okay, so I wrote a post a couple of years ago with lots of ideas to reset bad homeschooling days because, yes, they happen and they can happen, you know, reasonably regularly. So we don't tend to have a lot of bad days simply because our core work requirements are pretty minimal. Um, So we don't get a lot of work rebellion and things like that. But when we are rubbing each other the wrong way, which seems to happen more often now because I have four teenagers in the house, uh, we definitely need different ways to refresh and reset instead of dragging that mood out for the whole day. So we spend a lot of time outside. Um, we eat and, I, you know, I will make them eat, especially my son, because he gets very, very hangry. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, you know, I'll put on loud music or we'll say, let's watch a movie just have some hugs. I'll read aloud. Um, even though my kids are teens, they still really enjoy being read aloud to. Um, my husband wrestles with them a lot, which seems to be a great mood resetter for them. And individually, we all tend to retreat to our rooms when we need to, you know, we'll read a book or have a nap or just, you know, shut the door and get that break from each other because we are in each other's faces an awful lot. Sure. And I be, I'm sure being surrounded by animals also is a great way to get rid of a bad mood. I can imagine just hugging a cow. <laughs> when yeah. We're doing yeah, a lot that's for, it. for a bad day. Yeah, yeah. often see that, you know, go out and Forrest will be in his quail cage or something like that. Sure, absolutely. And how important do you think mindset is for being a successful working homeschool mom? Um, I definitely think it's important, but I think mindset as it's been popularised in the last few years is a bit overrated. So I think that, yes, you need to believe that you can do it, but you also need to learn to believe that you can do it by actually doing it, you know, not by reciting affirmations and things Mm. like that. I'm I'm not a big fan of that kind of stuff. It doesn't work for me at all. No. So for me, that means, you know, getting up early, having my task priorities. So I know I'm doing the important things, um, protecting our time from interruptions and distractions um, and limiting opportunities to procrastinate as much as possible because I am an Olympic quality procrastinator. (laughs) So I'm definitely not always perfect. But when I do those things, at least, you know, some of the time and I see progress and I feel that things are generally under control, that's what strengthens my mindset. And it also gives me that concrete memory of success to think back on when things aren't going so well. So, you know, for me, mindset is all about setting up small wins and remembering them, basically. Mm -hmm. So that can be as simple as stopping and thinking something like, well, oh, my kid's reading progress is really slow right now. Then they're not getting anywhere but they are already at the stage where they can read early phonics, so we're winning slowly. And like you mentioned earlier, that's where experience really 
adds up. So things like knowing that learning comes in fits and starts, it's, it doesn't go in a straight line. You know, your kid might do a year's worth of work in three months and then do nothing for the next, make no progress in the next six months, and that's pretty normal. And I think, too, that if you don't have those experiences for yourself yet, it's really good to borrow them from others. So that's why I do things like put real-life examples of university pathways for homeschoolers on my blog. So that means that when new homeschoolers get the, oh, but how will your child go to uni question, then they can think back to real examples of people who have actually done it, you know, so they can then be confident in that mindset of, yes, my child can be academically successful and I can help them get there because there are plenty of people just like me who have done it. Absolutely. And I think also in the beginning, kind of learning your child's learning style is a big part of that as well, because all kids are different in the way that they learn too. Yeah, that's it. So, you know, it's it's really getting to know your child and getting to know what suits them and what interests them and what sparks them up. And also for yourself too, because, you know, as a parent, we're quite dif- we're all quite different as well. So, you know, it's it's just learning everyone, learning about everyone and how we can all get along and how we can all bounce off each other in a way that works. And what does self-care look like for you? So when I had five children under five, I realized that any dreams I had of disappearing for the entire day or being able to spend money on myself, they were they were pretty much gone. You know, that marketing ideal of me time was just not an option with five toddlers. And I feel like that's actually a really good thing because it made me work out how to stay sane with, you know, just simple activities and little fragments of time in every day. So I'm not a party animal. I am nearly always in bed early with a book. Um, so proper sleep is huge for me, as you mentioned in one of your recent podcasts too. Uh, my husband and I barely ever get dates or nights away because we don't have any family support, but we do sit out on a veranda with a cocoa at least once a day. You know, we go for long walks together pretty regularly and that's how we get time with each other. Exercise is another big one for me. So, you know, again, I've had a few a, f- a few periods where I've gone to the gym a lot, but Real life means that it's more like lounge room workouts and family park run on a Saturday, other constant things. And I also do screen-free Sundays. Um, So, you know, we turn all our devices off on Saturday evening and that's it. We don't do anything screen-related all day Sunday. So that means no online work, no study or notifications or responding to emails or online shopping or just chores. Like it's absolutely fantastic. I love Sundays. And I also make stuff you know, because making stuff makes me happy and cobbling all those together in little bits of time, it seems to keep me, um, you know, relatively sane. Yes. You've got to find out what works, what works for you. Absolutely. And I think exercise for me also is a huge one though, because it does kind of make everything else feel much more manageable. Yes. I think mm. That's it. Like I woke mm. up this morning feeling really stressed out. I've, I've got some stressful things happening in life at the moment. Mm. And I woke up this morning and I couldn't focus all over the place. And I'm like, right, went into the lounge room, I did a half an hour workout and afterwards I felt great, you know, and mm. I could focus and I can get onto things. Whereas if I had have tried to just push through it, well, the whole day would have been a write-off basically. And what do you think are the most important things when you start out with homeschooling, if you could look back to where you, when you first started? Uh, I tell everyone to start with your child. So, you know, and we touched on this earlier. So, you know, don't launch straight into the curriculum resources and the daily schedules. You know, instead, you need to get to know your child and observe them and to find out what makes them excited and start there, you know. And then when you find that out, you you don't take over and schoolify what they love 
Um, but you just look at what they're already doing and build on it and work with them and help them to do what they already want to do because I'm still amazed at how much my children can learn when they get into something. It makes a curriculum resource they're not interested in look like a very pale imitation of learning by comparison. So a lot of the time when people start out, they think, oh, you know, we need to pick the perfect curriculum and we need to stick to that curriculum and that they only have that one narrow view of learning. But if you can include everything your child does and sort of work out how to make that fit the curriculum or that into the curriculum, it is so effective. Kind of interest-led learning is amazing because when my kids were at school, the school, I mean, bless them, they tried their best, but they kind of made me feel like the kids would never learn anything. And homeschooling has shown me that they are very capable of learning a lot of things. That's it. And it might not be on the curriculum for their year level, but hey, it's it's learning. It all yeah, counts. Absolutely. It's progress, right? And that's that's the important thing. That's it. Thing. The curriculum isn't everything. And maybe one piece of advice for somebody who is a working homeschool mom and how to be a happy and thriving working homeschool mom specifically. I would say do your highest priorities first and don't stress about the rest. So we do put a lot of pressure on ourselves and I still do this, you know, to do everything, have a great career and genius children who are also really well behaved and have amazing social skills. But we also need to have a spotless house and we need to cook our meals from scratch and we need to do regular workouts and have a busy social life and also, you know, wear makeup and stuff every day. And you just can't, like, I don't know anyone who can do all that by themselves. So you either need to get help or you need to drop your standards in non-essential areas. So as I mentioned earlier, I've just finished up my nursing job and I've had about four weeks of only doing the absolute essentials in my online work because I was exhausted. So I had to drop something and the nursing was the least essential. And I do things like I wear basically the same clothes all the time because I just don't care. I'll find a pair of jeans I like and I buy three pairs and that's it for the next two years. I don't think about it. And the kids cook and clean and do their share and it's still never as clean as I'd like like it to be overall but you know generally we're pretty happy we spend a lot of time doing what we want to do and to me that's more important overall than you know getting rid of all the cobwebs in the corner or having nicely sculpted eyebrows or (laughs) you know (laughs) what whatever other people do so I mean and that's fine everyone has different priorities and that's fine you know just know what yours are and stick to them Other people say that they love, you know, they have to get up in the morning and put their makeup on or, you know, and then they feel ready to face the day. So if that's your thing, like, that's fine. But, you know, there's always something that has to be dropped. And I think, like you said, that really knowing what your priorities are is, I mean, makes for a a happy life in general, I think. Yeah, that's Mm. it. So, you know, and, and when my husband's working, he'll often say, I don't care if I come home and the house is a mess and no one's done the dishes as long as the kids are happy and they've been doing stuff, you know, and he used to say that when they were toddlers as well. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that was his thing. He didn't want me stressing out and running around and and doing dishes and mopping floors Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And meanwhile, you know, not doing things with the kids in order to do that, if that makes sense. So that was just something we decided on early on. But we do often say it's going to be so nice when it's just us and mm. everything is where we leave it. Mm. <laughs> and the house is it. always clean. As you say, you prob- as they say, you'll probably miss the mess though, right? 
Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> People tell me that, and I think, honestly, I don't think I will. I don't but know. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. And then finally, is there anything you're working on or anything you'd like to share? And where can people find you online? So as I mentioned, I've just had four weeks off. So I've been very deliberately not working on anything and I'm just starting to get back to it. Um, But I have lots of resources you can access at any time at Fearless Homeschool. So both free and paid courses and workshops and all sorts of things. Uh, My main course is Zero to Homeschool, and it's all about harnessing interests in natural learning to make homeschooling work for your family and make it sustainable for the long term. So Zero to Homeschool, it helps you skip the bit where you try to cram your child into a curriculum that doesn't work for them and, you know, they find it boring and they rebel and you all have a horrible time. So, you know, we want to skip that bit and get straight into the whole, like, interest-led, this is fun, look how excited my kids are sort of stage. So I also run the Australian Homeschooling Summit each year. Uh, You can get access to all the recordings of those workshops for I think about the past three or four years. So they're really fantastic if you need a bit of inspiration or a pick-me-up and a big pile of new ideas. Um, And even though we're Aussies, we have lots of people all over the world who rave about how useful and relevant they are. And for something completely different, I also have a site called Dye DIY that is all about tie dyeing. So I do YouTube videos and tutorials, which basically just gives me a good excuse to dye everything I can get my hands on and call it work. I love tie dye. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's so much fun though, isn't it? So yeah, fun. that's it. Oh, that's okay. it. I've yeah, I've done it for a long, long time and I just have a great time. I mean, the kids aren't as happy to be walking rainbows every night anymore, and my teenage girls basically only wear black. I think it's a rebellion to their against their childhood, but um, yeah, <laughs> I still find lots of things to do. All right, it's been fa- fantastic speaking to you, Kelly. Despite our earlier technical issues, thank you so much. Um, no, thank you very much for having me. It's been great. And- Thank you for sharing your experiences and advice with my listeners. I'm positive this is going to be, they're going to get so much out of this episode. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, and if anyone wants to contact me, feel free. I really hope you enjoyed the episode. Drop me a DM on Instagram or post on the Working Homeschool Mom support group over on Facebook. And let me know what resonated the most with you. It would also be great if you could rate, review and subscribe or share the podcast with a working homeschool mom who might need it. It's my mission to support as many working homeschool moms as possible. Until next time, take care 